0: Happy Sunday, y'all excited to be in church today? Yes. Hey, let's say hello to all the people in the military watching. Let's Give them a big hand. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. And we have all the people on our campuses, uh, San Marcos, East County, San Ysidro, uh, City Heights, uh, Juvenile Hall, and Donovan State Prison. Let's give all those people out there. I love y'all. God bless y'all. So excited. I got a long sermon to put in a little bit of time, but two announcements really quick. Yesterday, we, uh, as I uh, was just announced on all the campuses, yesterday we just had our first uh, prayer meeting, and it was amazing. Um, if you weren't here, I want to encourage you every Saturday morning for the whole year, 9 o'clock on all the campuses, 1030 in City Heights, we go for one hour of prayer, one hour. And I can't encourage you enough to come. Uh, it was a blessing, uh, excited, and thanks for, thanks for all the people who came. Um, and the bad news is the charges. Chargers. chargers. I don't want to dwell on it too long because I'm probably going to cry. <laughs> so um, uh, the, the Tribune, the Union Tribune here, uh, our newspaper here in San Diego, asked me to write a 250-word uh, op-ed piece on the Charges, just to give my opinion. Everyone's bashing the Charges and burning their jerseys. And, and um, if, you, if you're new, I played for the Chargers a long time ago and, and, and still very involved with the guys and all this stuff. And, and, it was, and I was writing this and I wrote it, 250 words is not a lot. It's like... Two three paragraphs, and I read it to my wife. Cause I had to read it out loud to hear it, and I started crying. Literally, I started to think about what it has. It, the reason I'm in San Diego is because of the Chargers. They to come play here. Don Corriel, The funeral I officiated in Qualcomm Stadium in junior Seale. My family. We went to a playoff game in the rain against the Jets and wore garbage bags our our raincoats. Incredible memories and. Um, I, but I couched the whole story in the fact that we lost a family member that they died. It was like someone died in our family. Um, I would encourage you that if you have charge of stuff, don't throw it away. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be worth some money some day, right? <laughs> <laughs> but to throw away an LT jersey or, you know, Drew Brees, I mean, they didn't do anything to you. And that was a, those were very real memories we had. And so, yeah, you can bash these panels and all kind of stuff. You know, if you want to do that, whatever. But the experience we had was very special, and um, uh, and and all the guys on the team and the staff that I've known for 34, 35 years are great people. One of the guys that who oversees PR for the team um, uh, is I led to the Lord, and he was there when I was a rookie. We've known each other for 35 years, and he's still there. It's great people, and so we want to pray for them. They're brokenhearted as well. Uh, and, uh, but thank God for, that we had them for the time we did. Amen. Let's get on our knees and pray. Let's get on our knees and pray. I'm still mad though. <laughs> Dang it. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, I pray that you uh, would speak to people right where they need to be spoken to. You would challenge them and tell them, tell them stop giving you so many excuses. You are tired of their excuses. So I pray that you challenge them to just say yes to you. Yes, God, I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Look to the person next to you and say, stop giving God so many excuses. Amen. Get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out. If you are new, what we do is we lift our Bibles up and say "Word" on the count of three. Lift your Bibles up and say "Word." One, two, three. Say "Word." Word. One more time. Say "Word." Word. Turn to Exodus chapter three, the first, second book of the Bible, third chapter, Exodus chapter three. And we want—we do want to give a special shout out to um, the guys at Donovan State Prison. God loves you guys, and we know that you are watching and. The Holy Spirit is there with you, wants to encourage you. Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to tell you a story from John chapter 5, but turn to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, second book of the Bible, third chapter. There is a story in John chapter 5 where there is a man who was paralyzed 38 years. And he's laying there 38 years, and he was laying at the top of these steps, at the bottom of the steps with some water where if the water moved, they believe an angel was in the water, and that's when they can go in to get healed. Jesus walks by this guy, and he says, do you want to be well? Everyone say, do you want to be well? And you would think the guy would say, I've been here 38 years. But the guy says, I don't have anybody to help me into the water. Now, I wasn't there, and Jesus didn't really say this, but I'm just going to inject these words into Jesus' mouth, but I'm telling you in advance, it's not really true, but you get the point. Jesus said, I didn't ask you that. I don't want to know why you haven't been healed. I don't want to know what your excuses are. I just want to know, do you want to be healed? And God has been saying that to many of you. God, do, you do you want your relationship to be healed? Do you want your mind, your self-esteem, your finances to be healed? We're going to talk about finances next week. Do you want your health to be healed? Do you, do you want clarity about your purpose in life? And when God asks us a lot of those questions, often we respond with an excuse of why it never happened. That's not the question. It's either yes or no. My, my kids were born here in California, and um, in California, and I think they say it in New York, but they didn't when I grew up. When you ask a question, a lot of people say, sure. it Just drives me up the wall. And my kids say, do, do you want dessert? Sure. I'm like, look, either yes or no, because I'm going to eat it if you don't want it. <laughs> but don't say sure, because to me that means whatever you want, Dad. And I don't want whatever you want. I want you to say either you want it or you don't. So when God's saying, I, I want to use all of you. I had something to do for all of you. Yeah. God has something for every single one of you. Not that you go to church and then you're on your own. He created you to have a relationship with him and that he would establish the kingdom of God through you. So he has a role for you in his kingdom. And he's going to call you. He's been calling you into that. And many of you have been giving him excuses. Here's why I can't do it. Here's why I can't do it. And he's like... Yes or no? And so today I want to challenge you to say yes. In the story, Moses is being called, and God is going to call Moses to go back to Egypt to confront Pharaoh, and Moses is going to give God five excuses why he won't go. And God is going to respond to each one of those five excuses. And my prayer is that God would jam you up about your excuses. Context Moses is 80 years old. Okay, Moses spent 40 years as an adopted kid in Pharaoh's home. Then at 40 he kills an Egyptian, he becomes a fugitive for 40 years, and he be, as as a fugitive he becomes a shepherd, but he's running from Egypt. And so now at 80 years old, God is going to call him into ministry. It took God 80 years to prepare Moses. Anybody here 80 years old? Anybody? Anybody here under 80? Raise your hand. That you ain't ready. Then you ain't ready. God's still working on you. You meet kids today, they're 20 years old, they think they know everything. You don't know nothing. Not even nothing, nothing. Not even enough nothing to say nothing. So he's 80 years old and God's going to have a conversation with him. And I'm not going to go through the whole story because the story itself is long enough. But here's the context. He's walking and he sees a bush that's on fire, but the bush is not consumed, but there's a fire in the bush. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the burning bush, in the burning furnace in Daniel chapter 3. They're in the fire, but they're not being burned. So, so if God is with you, sticks and stones can break your bones, but never hurt you. you can be around all kind of fire and not be burned. And so, so Moses is seeing this bush burn, but yet it's not burning. And he goes towards it, and the bush starts to speak to him. And he has faith enough to speak back to the bush. And they have this conversation. This is, this is what's happening. And so here's what happens, Exodus chapter 3, look at the Bible, in chapter 3, verse 7, it says, The Lord said to Moses... I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Everybody say seen, seen. say heard. heard, say no. God is very aware of pain. One of the reasons I like to watch the show Lock Up and Cops is because of pain. I always want to be in touch with pain, other people's pain. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me, Father. I didn't mean it that way. Uh, you never want to be out of touch with reality. And so God is hearing little kids cry to him because they're being abused and molested. He's hearing women's cry because they're being abused or neglected. Guys who are crying out because they're alcoholics and they can't feed their family. He hears it all day long. And he is like, man, if I can only get some of my people to help this pain." But yet his people, not all, but some of his people just saying, Lord, I just want to make sure I'm good. That's my whole plight in life. And God's like, that's not my plight in your life. So he says, Moses, all these people are crying out to me, and I'm getting ready to send you something. Look what it says in verse 8. So therefore, Moses, I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up to a good land, a large land, a land flown with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite. Therefore, behold, the cry, everyone say cry, of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. If you feel oppressed, God sees it. Keep praying to him. Verse 10. He says, now, come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh. I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said, five excuses. Here's number one. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel at Egypt? Number one of your notes, Moses expressed insecurity. Moses expressed insecurity. So God encouraged him with his presence. God said, verse 12, I will be with you. Whenever God calls you to do something, it's always bigger than you and there's a little voice going to say, who do you think you are? That's the devil. And here's what you need to tell the devil. I am nobody. <laughs> Don't even try it. I'm nobody. You're an idiot. Yeah, I know. I meet people sometimes and, and, and they've heard of the church. And th- this has happened several times. And they'll meet me and I'll say, yeah, I'm Miles. They'll say, oh, you the pastor of the Rock. And I'll go, yeah. And they'll go, You? And I go, yes, me. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> God choose the foolish to confound the wise. So be the fool. Be the fool. Just, yeah, I'm nobody. I'm nobody. Yeah, look at all guys doing in my life, but I'm nobody. It's all God. God said Moses, it ain't about you. It's not about who you are. It's about whose you are. You need to trust in who you belong to. You need to trust in the presence of God. If God is with you, people may see you, but they're going to sense His presence. And if it's you and God, nobody, an army cannot defeat you. My father was a police officer in New York for 30 years and he was arrested cops for about 20-something of those years. I don't remember exactly how long. But he used to take me on surveillance with him. Because no one would suspect a a man with a little Puerto Rican looking kid. So he would take me and he would say, go down the street. And I I remember this specific uh, incident. I would have to go down the street and look at... They were were called brownstones. It was uh, like row houses, if you will, or condos or townhomes, if if, uh, California context. The number was in 23. I remember because it was super traumatic. And he said, I want you to look in the doorway of number 23 and see if there's a guy with a red shirt standing in the doorway. This is exactly what happened. And I'm walking down the street doing surveillance for the NYPD. (laughs) I got no money for that. (laughs) And I'm walking down. I'm scared of death because I'm thinking this dude knows I'm with the NYPD. And I'm like 10, 8 years old. But I knew that my father, who was a really expert, our smartsman, smartsman could shoot. I knew he was with me. If God is with you, no one could be against you. And so when God calls you to do something, which God has called all of you to do something. I, when someone comes to you and says, I think God's got a call in your life. Ain't no thinking about it. There's no thinking about it. You represent him. You are his ambassador, his, his child. You're a royal priesthood. And yet when we cause this, we always say, well, I'm nobody. Okay, yes, get past that. It's all about him. It ain't about you. Look at look what it says next. Moses says in, in verse 13, well, when I come to the children of Israel and say the God of your fathers has sent me, and they say, all right, what's his name? We don't know his name. What shall I say to them? This is the coolest answer to that question in the history of time. Ladies, imagine you're in the store. Imagine you're single. F- for all y'all who aren't single. And you're in the store and someone asks you, you see a guy, good looking at whatever and then you want him to talk to you and he says, oh, hi, what's your name? And, and you tell him your name. <laughs> <laughs> and then whatever else comes with saying your name. And and then you say to him, what is your name? And he says this, I am that I am. And you're like, what does that mean? (laughs) Jehovah. It means I always was. I never had a beginning. I am now. And I always will be. Never have an end. It means that I wasn't created, and I can't be destroyed. (laughs) I had no beginning. I had no end. No one can pull me down or lift me up. I am what I am all the time, same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Jehovah, I am what that I am. He says, it's not my name that you need to be concerned with, Moses. It's who I am. Let me put it this way. A lot of times people ask about, well, who made God? Let me use science to explain that. I want you to imagine the universe is in a big basketball. Just imagine. Everything we know to be real, the universe which is expanding at the speed of light. The Bible says that God stretches the heavens. <laughs> so He stretches them really fast. Everything in the universe is governed by laws of nature, if we will. And those laws are defined or described by science. Science tells you how it works. Science didn't put it there. It just tells you how it works. Gravity pulls things to the ground. Science explains how it works, but it didn't put it there. And so chemistry, biology, astrophysics, all these different scientific uh, disciplines, uh, biochemistry explain what we have observed about what is. We're still trying to figure out how it started. But one of the things that science tells us is that everything has to have a beginning. It also tells us that everything is dying, energy is dying down, order is decreasing and it's becoming more chaotic. But that's why you get old. You start out very ordered and very smooth skin and very tight skin and then you end up with very loose and wrinkly skin. Are you following what I'm saying? <laughs> that's entropy. It's, it, it, anyway, it's a scientific thing, that, a scientific principle that talks about the, the, the level of randomness or order. Science says that everything has to have a beginning. So when we study the laws within the basketball, within the universe, it says that everything has to have a beginning. So therefore something had to begin God. The problem with that logic is that God exists outside the basketball. He, he, his, the laws that he created to govern inside the basketball don't apply to him. He created those laws for us and so they would lead us to him. He's on the outside. Now he can also exist on the inside because he can do anything he wants. But, he, but, but where he exists, he says, where I exist, you don't understand. But by faith, you can reach into the spiritual world. So when he says, I am that I am, he says, I, I, you wouldn't understand my name. You could barely understand my, my love because you always question it. Jehovah. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is conqueror. He always was and always will be your, your, the conqueror of all your battles. Jehovah Shalom, the, the Lord is peace. He will always be the uh, source of peace. Jehovah Shema, the Lord is there. He will always and always has been there and always was there and always will be there. Jehovah Jireh, huh, he's the only one who's always provided for you. Jehovah Elyon, the Lord most high. Jehovah Tiktin, the Lord is righteousness. Jehovah Rafika, the Lord is healer. He always was, he always will be, and he is now. So he says, Moses, when you ask me my name, you need to know who I am. And if you know who God is, that he always was, always will be with you, always was, always will be your healer, your provider, your strength, your conqueror, your vision, your hope, your sense of love, your source of love, your source of happiness, your source of joy. If you know that, that can never be taken away because none, unlike what's in the basketball, who he is and what he does cannot be impacted by man. So when he calls you to do something, you say, "Who, you? Lord, I don't need to know your name. I know your character. I know your nature. What do you want to do? But when you don't know that, you go, well, I don't know, God. I know that I'm here talking to fire. And fire is logically, uh, uh, how I, it's not even a word. Let me make up a word. Logically leeming with me. <laughs> fire is sharing wisdom. Fire is challenging me. I'm having a conversation, and yet I still don't believe. Look at chapter 4, verse 1. Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me. Or listen to me when I say the Lord has appeared to you. How many times have people said to you, well, what makes your God so special? And how do I know you know God? And and what makes you you think you know God better than me? We all have heard that. Well, let me say, if you've tried to witness for the Lord, you've heard that. But if you're an undercover Christian, maybe you never heard that. I had one, one, one person say to me, Well, the devil never fights against me. I said, Well, that's because you're walking with him. <laughs> you're just doing everything he says, just like his little flunky. So he's not going to mess with that because it works. Yeah, go to church once a, once a month. Just go to church. Don't bring your Bible and then go party the rest of the uh, go, go to church once a month. We see Pastor Miles at the mall tell me, You go to the rock, it'll make you feel good. And then go about your business. That's just what he wants you to do. You you have no impact on the kingdom of the devil because he 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 has you right in a comfortable spot of non-effectiveness. Well, God's saying, I want you to step out of that. You're like, what about this? What about this? He's like, well, look at verse chapter four. What if people doubt that I know God? So the Lord said to him, What's that in your hand? He said, A rod. A stick, a dead branch. And God said, throw it to the ground, man. (laughs) If you are new, both my grandparents, all my grandparents, all four from Kingstone, you don't understand what I know. (laughs) So he cast it to the ground. (laughs) And it became a snake. And Moses jumped back. And the Lord said, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it by the tail and it became a rod again. That they may believe that the Lord your God of the fathers of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to you. Furthermore, the Lord said to him, put your hand in your bosom. And he put his hand in his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, it was leprous like snow. Full of leprosy. He said, put your hand back in his bosom. And Moses put his hand back in his bosom really fast. And he took it out again and it became as restored like the other flesh. In verse 8, it says, Then it will be if they do not believe nor heed the message of the first sign that they may believe the message of the second sign. Look at uh, number three in your notes. Moses feared being viewed incredible or lack of credibility. So God empowered him. He feared lack of credibility. You must trust God's power. Everyone say, power. Ooh. Whenever you talk about God and represent God, you could talk all you want and have all the great words and all the great arguments and all the great wisdom. But if you have no power, it's just great words and great wisdom. There was a man, Nicodemus, who was a uh, who was a, a, a rabbi, he was a Pharisee, a Jewish leader in the religious community, and he saw Jesus' power. And he went over to Jesus one night and said, How do you do all the miracles you do? You walk on water, you hear the, the blind, the mute, the deaf. You raise the dead. And Jesus' response, and I'm going to add to his words, Nicodemus, you're asking me that because you can't do any of that. You have information. You have degrees. But you have no power. That's why my life tripped you out. You can't walk on water like me. You can't cast out demons like me. He says, Nicodemus... It's not the information, it's the relationship with God, the Father, through where that power comes from, and that comes from when the Bible calls it being. Jesus said in John 3:3, "You must be born again of the Father." Power. The most evidence ev- the most obvious evidence of God's power in your life is your changed life, not your church attendance. Now, part of your changed life can be church attendance. As long as your church attendance And you're serving and you go into life class and you go into groups and and giving and doing all the things that we're talking about is because God is prompting you. And He's transforming your life where you used to curse, now you don't curse. Someone said it was cursing make you go to hell. No, no, it's just evidence that God is doing something in your life. Where's the power? And so you can come and, and, and quote scripture and have no power because you have no relationship and the spirit of God is not working through you. So he told Moses, Moses, you're going to go there and it doesn't matter whether they believe you or not, but when I show them my power, there's not going to be no, no denying. As a matter of fact, it, it, the story is amazing. He goes up to Pharaoh and, and Pharaoh's magicians say, you know, what, what can you do? And Moses threw down a stick and it became a snake just like here. And the magician said, we can do the same thing. And they threw down that stick and it became a snake. And Moses was like, oh, snap, what do I do now? <laughs> this is a true story. This was, I wish I was there. Moses, I, I don't know what Moses was thinking, but I, I, I'm guessing Moses was like, Lord, what do I do now? They did what you could do. So what does that mean about you? He said, Moses, watch this. And Moses' the stick that had become a snake ate their snakes. He ate them. He said, Oh, yeah, no, your snake, your trick is inferior to my trick. And he went, and then Moses grabbed the thing and it became his. And they were like, "Oh snap! <laughs> power! Where do you get the power? On your knees? The spirit of God in your life? Can God do miracles to your life? You receiving Christ as your Savior and Him changing your life is a miracle. How can someone go from cursing and not cursing, being his wife to loving his wife, being his wife to serving his wife? You want to have a happy marriage? Serve your wife. Now, there may be a very, 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 very small chance you have a psycho wife. I say very small because 99% of the problems in our experience is that it's the guy. Most of the time. Can I, ladies, can I get amen? amen. See what I'm saying? <laughs> but, ladies, you know that every now and then there's a psycho woman out there. Can I get amen? Okay, I just want to be cover, cover my bases, but, you know, just cover my bases. Because <laughs> there's, there's like 10 dudes in here going, you don't know my wife, my man. <laughs> I'm talking about you right now. I'm talking about you. But how does that guy go to be, how does that guy become that guy? Power. Look at chapter, verse 10. Verse 10 says... Moses said to the Lord, he's, by the way, Moses is still not convinced. He's having a conversation with fire. Fire told him to throw his stick on the ground and the stick became a snake. Fire told him to pick it up and it became a rod. Fire told him to put his hand in it and it became leprous. told him to put his hand back it became healed. Fire is telling him this and he still don't believe. How many of y'all had a miracle happen in your life? Oh, let me date this. How many, had, how many of you have had God do a hundred incredible, there's no way this was anybody but God and miracles in your life? Raise your hand. Thank you. And you still don't believe. You're still not trusting him with your time, your money, your heart, your relationships, your attitude, your, your addiction. He's like, what do I got to do? Sometimes only... I was talking to somebody yesterday. They're going through a very, 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 very tough, very tough situation, and I said, maybe this is what it takes for God to get your attention, because you're really crying out to Him right now, aren't you? Don't, don't, don't go there. Say, God, I'm obey. My, my parents. My mom's sitting over here. My parents would tell me when I was a kid, and I got in trouble. I would punish myself. In other words, my father would say, Miles, and I said, I'm going to my room. I'm going to my room. Five days, I won't come out. You don't have to feed me. I lock the door. I'm good. I'll stand in the corner the whole time on my head. I'm punished. I don't want you to punish me. (laughs) My father was old school. We got beat. There was no CPS in our neighborhood. Just saying. Verse 10. Verse 10. Verse 10, Moses said, he's still questioning, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before, no, 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 since you have spoken to your servants, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Some people believe that Moses stuttered. I don't know if he did or not, but that's what the, the people believe and the historians believe. What happens when people, when you talk to somebody who's stuttering, what do you do? You listen. He's like, it's because of my stuttering, you can't use me. God said, no, no. If that's what it was, that's how I'm going to use you. A lot of times we focus on our inability. Look at number four. We focus on our inability. So God enlightened him to his design. Don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what God can do. Matter of fact, when you are weak, that's when you are strong. What does that mean? When you are dependent on God more than you are dependent on yourself. Look what God says. Verse 11, he said, Who made the man's mouth, who made the mute, the deaf, the seeing, the blind? Have not I. I'll be with your mouth. When you are weak. My grandson and I put together a... um, uh, uh, A a toy. It's like a tower where the cars roll down. It was 44 steps. I don't have patience for three. (laughs) I'm a three-step patient guy. Fellas, can I get amen? Amen. I know some of y'all like y'all the fix-it man, little uh, uh, repair uh, handyman. That's not me. Okay. Uh, And I was like. I told my son, hey, I'll put it together. And my son's like, great. <laughs> so I put, and we put it out. And, 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 but it, it was fun. It took us about an hour and a half. It was really a lot of fun. Because I had to get into fix it mode. And, I, and, and so my grandson, well, we were going to do it together. We're a team. And part of it, we had a screw, these little tiny screws in these little tiny holes. And he's like, I do it. I do it. I was like, we're going to be here for a week. <laughs> So he's, I do it. You're not, you're not even on the screw. <laughs> you're putting a hole in the couch, okay. And he's like this, and I'm over here. I'm saying, okay, good, 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 good. good, MJ, good. I'm saying, you want grandpa to help? Yeah, grandpa help me. And then all of a sudden I put it in the screw, and then zinc, got it in. Uh, a lot of times we're out there doing that with God. You, God, I got this. And God's like, okay, go ahead. Ten years later. Five houses later, <laughs> five cars later, three years in rehab, we finally say to God, God, I, I can't do it by myself. Don't focus on what you can't do. The best thing you can do, say to yourself when God asks you to do something is that you can't do it by yourself. I want God to do it through me. Because whatever God has done through you, it wasn't you. I've had people come to me literally and say, oh, yeah, I, you have that big church because you play for the Chargers. It's like, so, 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 so all that God has done was because I played for the Chargers. So if someone wants to be a pastor, they just got to play for the Chargers. (laughs) God had nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with the Chargers. It has to do with the Holy Spirit. When God does something in your life, it has nothing to do with you. It ain't about you. Number five. I'm sorry, number five. Verse Verse. 13, after all of this, Moses said to God, no. Verse 13, oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may. In other words, I don't want to go. So, hold on, hold on, hold on. so you're 80 years old. You got no, nothing going on in your life. You're a murderer. You're a fugitive. And... You had all these miracles I just did in front of you. You're talking to fire. And you're going to tell me no? I wonder how many times God has asked all of y'all to follow him and trust him in some area of your life. And he's done all these miracles in your life. He has blessed you beyond. And you keep telling him no. At some point, I had a friend who I did cocaine with when I played. My first two years was the charges. I did cocaine. I got saved and stopped it one day. He, 31 years later, is still doing cocaine. And he used to tell me when I used to invite him to church, I don't want to go. He would say, no. And I told him, if you keep telling God no, when you die, he will give you what you're asking for. In other words, when you say God, no, when you die, he's going to say, okay, you don't have anything to do with me. You got it. You will never hear about me ever again. I will give you what you ask. That place is called hell. People say, I don't want you to pose God on me. I'm not posing God on you. I'm just presenting you with a passionate argument. And the answer, you have to accept it. However, God's not going to impose himself on you either when you die. He's going to give you what you ask for. And the reason we have pain in our life now, because the penalty of sin is death. Death is just a little taste. It's like it's a little taste of hell. It's like the lobby telling you, you don't want to go in the show. You don't want to go in there. So in a minute we're going to pray. Here's what we're going to do. All the campuses are going to pray. And my challenge to you is to stop saying no to God like Moses. Moses ended up going because God sent his brother Aaron. But my point is that you would say, God, I have way more than enough evidence to say yes. Can I get an amen? You know what I'm talking about. And so I'm going to pray in a minute. I'm going I'm I'm to I'm pray in all the campuses and I'm going to ask you to stand and declare your yes. It could be salvation. It could be to serve. It could be, listen, I just want to be more obedient. I'm going I'm to I'm give. I'm going to pray. I'm going to come to prayer meeting. I'm going to really fast. I'm going to go to life class. Whatever it is you're calling me to do, whatever you're calling me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to stop telling you no and making all these excuses why I can't obey. So right now I'm going to ask all the campuses, Donovan State Prison, uh, 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 Juvenile Hall, right, bow your heads, close your eyes. And I want you to think about your life. Think about God's calling. Think about your burning bush egg conversation. That God's been having with you about your life, about what He wants out of you, and the to you, all wise excuses you give Him because you know better than God. The Bible says, The just shall walk by faith. You cannot follow God and obey God except by faith. So bow your heads and close your eyes and pray this prayer with me, if you will. Dear God, I pray for everybody listening in all the campuses. I pray that supernaturally you would reveal your truth to them, your love to them. And what you've been calling them to do and to be. And I pray you would challenge them right now for all the excuses they've been giving you. That it's time to say yes. And just trust you. It's a matter of trust. If you would like to declare yes, whether it be salvation, whether it be being obedient in whatever area of your life... You're serving, you're giving, you're fast. Pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I say yes to you. I trust you. You've been good to me. You've been faithful to me. You died and rose from the dead for me. I trust you. So I say yes. I surrender my life to you. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, the minute I'm going to ask you to stand. If you want to say yes to God. And go lead someone out of Egypt. And be used to help build his kingdom the way he directs you to. So, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand if you prayed that prayer. So, I want you to get your thighs ready, your abs ready, move your hips back in your seat, get ready to stand. I'm going to count to three. One, if you prayed that
1: prayer. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. 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 Amen. Stay standing. Good. Stay standing. We see you
0: all over the room. We see you all over the room. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now, what we're going to do in a second, we're going to ask all of y'all to come down to the altar. If you're in the balcony, all you got to do is turn around and walk up, and the ushers will bring you down. And the rest of us, we want to celebrate them and cheer for them. So if you're standing up, come down to the altar. Let's give them a hand. They come on down. Amen.
1: Amen, brother. God bless you. Stand right there. God bless you. Very good. Amen. Let's give them a big hand. Come on now. God bless you, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, how are you? God bless you, God bless you. 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 God bless you, sir. He looks just like you. God bless you. Is it? What's up, Miles? How you doing? God bless you. 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 Amen. 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 God bless you. 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 Come forward, everybody. Come forward. Here we go. Here we go. God bless you. 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 God bless you, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Let's give a hand. Come on, let's give a big hand. Come on. God bless you. 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 Uh, if every day you get up and you just say yes to God,
0: God, I will do what you say. And if you think, well, I don't know if it's God or not, if it's biblical, just do it. If someone tells you to go slap somebody, that's not biblical, don't do it. That's not God. But if you hear, read the Bible, go serve, go to life class, give, whatever, just do it. You can't go wrong. You can't outgive God. You can't out obey God. Don't overthink it. God told me to leave a secure job at a church to start a church. I said, okay, we had nothing. We had nothing. Someone gave us $20,000. That was it. Start the church. So okay, let's go. And, and you just got to, you can't, it, God is never going to sit, never going to set everything up for you. It ain't going to happen. And, and here's what will happen. You may think everything's set up and go, oh, everything's set up. As soon as you step into it, it gets unset up. Because, because the just shall walk by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So you just got to trust them. All the time until the day you die, it's never going to be all, just forget that model. That's what the devil's telling you you need. God don't work that way. The world don't work that way. So Lord, we just pray for all these people. We thank you for them. Pray you bless them. Pray you do an amazing miracle in their life. Lord, may we be like Moses. In the end, we got to say yes to you. So I thank you for sending his brother to be with him so he would obey God. But Lord, I pray we stop giving. You excuses. There's so many things you've called all of us in this room to do. And we keep giving you excuses. Stop. Just trust him. In Jesus' name. Amen. So here's what we're gonna do now. If you're a visitor, this is not a time to leave. What we do is we celebrate all these people so we're gonna walk them into that room. So take a right turn to walk this way. Let's give him a hand. Come on, let's give him a hand. Amen.
1: Say Jesus, who's the man? Amen.
0: Continue on your fast. This this week is the, is the middle week. Continue on your fast. Saturday, nine o'clock, we'll be right here. Prayer. How many of y'all want to come? Okay, let's go. Let's go. How many of y'all don't want to come?
2: <laughs> you guys may have a seat as, as we're finishing up, and I just want to share a little bit, a little bit more about what God did yesterday, and and what it is, and what it is. And, and, it is. and I, I, I was telling my kids the night before, hey, we're going to go to church to pray, and, and for an hour, and um, the way they reacted was less than enthusiastic. I, and complaining and dragging their feet. And I woke them up and I'm like, I know you can hear me. Because right? when you have a soccer game and I say wake up, you wake up. right? So I, I brought the oldest three with me and, and, and they were reluctantly here. Um, but I did a poor job of explaining what it was and what it wasn't. And, and they came here and, and, and as soon as the, the worship began, you could, you could feel the presence of God being ushered in. Right? And, and as soon as the worship stopped and the prayer began and it was guided prayer. There was some, some time for, for freestyle prayer, right, for, for go and, 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 and walk around the room and, and, and that happened. But we had guided prayer where we, where we adored God, where we waited on God, where we confessed our sins, where we interceded for others. And during that intercession time, I got to sit down and on my knees before each kid and lay my hands on them and, and, and go to the Lord before them. And we closed up with just celebration. It was just so exciting as as we closed up with the chance to to just thank the Lord for who He is. Because we got a big, benevolent, magnanimous, wonderful, giving, forgiving God. And and as a room, and and there was over 500 people in this room. There was over 1,000 people throughout the Rock Church here in San Diego taking their day and starting off with prayer. And God was moving. And you know what? Part of that movement is here today. Can I hear Amen. Right? And, and we have a God that if we're calling out from, He will respond. So I just want to encourage you guys, come. If you can make it, come. Be blessed. Take that step of faith. And it was just full of joy and we had a great time. So we hope to see new faces. We hope to see everybody that was here on Saturday here again. And new faces be encouraged. We have our pastoral support team right here that would love to pray for you afterwards as well. As we close up, we're going to put up a verse here. I just want us to read it together as we close up and prepare our hearts to to give to the Lord. I'm going to start it if we can just keep it going in a loud voice. Here we go. All day long. So this, if you take a look at the verse beforehand, it's talking about, it's a contrast. It's a contrast to, to, the, to the lazy and to the wicked and to the sluggard, how they're always asking and they're never satisfied. But in contrast, the righteous give. And so I don't know where you are with that. And I don't know if that's a spot where you've been giving excuses to the Lord. But in a room this size, I, I know that exists. I just want to encourage you, take that step of faith. Take a step of faith to trust God with everything. For those of you guys that faithfully give, and I know this room is full of it, let me just hear a strong amen. 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 Or if, and let me hear a strong amen if you're blessed. Amen. Right? And you don't know how those blessings are going to come. We don't give to get blessings. But Let me tell you, I have a good God. And when I give, he certainly blesses me. But I give it out of obedience because you know what? It's the right thing to do. It's the fair thing to do with such a loving and, and merciful God, there's several ways that we can give right here. And just As I'm closing up, we have this envelope, all the instructions on in there. You can set it up online. You can also give via text as well. You can also use this envelope right here. And at every exit, there is a box in which you can deposit this. I just want to pray a blessing on, 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 on what we're giving and a blessing on you guys. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you're here, God. I thank you that you're honoring us, crying out to you, Lord, and we can fill it here today, Lord. Just pray that the prayer would grow, Lord, that the giving would grow all for your glory, Lord. Only for that, Lord Jesus. I pray for all those that are giving that you would bless them, Lord, that you would make yourself known and strong in their lives. And those that aren't quite there yet, Lord, that you would nudge them, Lord. Nudge them to trust you and to fill and trust you like they've never done before, Lord. Thank you for today. We praise Jesus in your name, amen. May the Lord bless you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. We'll see you soon.
3: the hold-